welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hey, James. Hey, Scott. Welcome back to another week of Real Personal Finance. Thank you. Very excited to be here. Yeah, me too. Um, Got another listener question. Thank you for the listener questions. Feel free to keep sending them in. Just go to realpersonalfinance.co, hit submit a question. Today's question comes from George. And it's hey, George. Says, yeah, thanks, George. Uh, and it says, hi, guys. I love your podcast and find it most helpful. So happy to hear that, George. I'm currently 33 years old, single, and I'm nearing a uh, $129,000 annual salary. I've been investing in a Roth IRA and realized the phase-out limits for single taxpayers are from 129 to 144,000. My question is, how do I lower my income besides contributing to my uh, traditional 401k so I can keep contributing the max 6,000 per year into my Roth IRA as my income rises over the years? Good question. All right. Yeah, trying to trying to maintain that Roth. We all love the Roth. And there's requirements and there's limits around the Roth, which one of them is if you make over a certain amount of money, you can't put money directly into a Roth IRA. So there are things we can do to keep income under limits. There's things we can do to still get money into Roth accounts, even if your income is above those. And there's things we can do just to talk about what is kind of a well-rounded financial strategy look like, whether it's retirement related or not. And we'll go into all those things. To start though, Scott, if someone's listening saying, oh, there's income limits for Roth, I was unaware that those were even a thing. What are those income limits? At what point can someone no longer make a direct Roth IRA contribution? Yeah. So basically there's this, this rule in place where the, the government said and the IRS monitors it for you. They say, hey, if you make more than in last year is $129,000. If you make more than $129,000, we're not going to let you contribute directly to a Roth IRA. It's essentially what's happening. So you look at your taxable income, you add it all up. So it could just be not just from wages, but from all other forms of taxable income. You're going to add all those up and get a number. And then if it's above 129 grand, um, you're going to hit a phase out. And I'm not going to get too technical, but let's just say once you hit 144 grand, you're not allowed to contribute at all to the Roth IRA. Does that sound fair? And that's last year's numbers, correct? That's last year's numbers. So for this year, for George, if, if your um, salary didn't increase too quickly, um, the phase out now is one hundred and thirty-eight thousand to one hundred and fifty-three thousand if you're single, and if you file jointly, it's two hundred eighteen thousand to two hundred and twenty-eight thousand. Right. So in other words, for George, if he makes under one hundred and thirty-eight thousand dollars for twenty twenty-three. And when I say make, we, his taxable income, so that's an important distinction, which we'll talk about. But if yep. if his taxable income is under 138000 he can put up to the full limit into a Roth IRA, which is $6,500 for this year. Right. If it's above 153000 he cannot contribute directly to a Roth IRA. And if it's between one thirty eight and one fifty three, 
he can do a partial contribution. And that's kind of mm-hmm. phased out, as it says, from 138 to 153. And then again, those numbers for joint filers or married finally jointly is between 218,000 and 228,000. Exactly. So that's kind of where we're at for can he contribute based on those numbers? Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of things could he do to help reduce his income? Yeah, and the first to... thing he he mentions it, he alludes to it, is he says, how do I lower my income besides contributing to my traditional 401k? Mm-hmm. Now, the tr- contributing to your traditional 401k for most W-2 wage earners is probably the simplest way. So it's not just, as I mentioned, there's a distinction. It's not just what do you make? It's what's your taxable income. Right. So- you know, let's assume that you made uh, 150000 in your single. Well, that would put you at the top of the phase-out range. But if you also maxed out a traditional 401k, which for 2023, the, the limit is 22500 well, now all of a sudden you're at 137500 Check mm-hmm. me, Scott, if my math is wrong on that. Yep, that would uh, work. 137.5, which puts you underneath the income limit. So the easiest thing is max out that 401k and that keeps you under. Other than that, you know, if if you have a health savings account, that's where I was going to go. Exactly. If you have an HSA account, that's another place you can reduce your taxable income. Yep. Yep. And And so those, there's just not going to be a ton of options, but you've got two pretty good ones there. The 401k, if it's offered, you can reduce your income by up to $22,500. Right. Both saves you income taxes at the federal and state level, if your state has income taxes, and also opens up more eligibility for Roth contributions by keeping your income under those limits. Yep. And the other component, the HSA for this year for someone who's filing single like George is $3,850 as yeah. well. So if you're participating in a plan that allows an HSA contribution, there's another way to reduce your taxable income. So you can mm-hmm. still contribute to the Roths. Yeah. Yeah. So th- those are probably two of the easier ways. There's nothing, there's what are called, I won't get too too technical, but there's above the line deductions and below the line deductions. If you have things like, oh, well, what about mortgage interest? Or, oh, what about charitable giving? Or, oh, what about state taxes? Those are all itemized deductions that you have, but they're not reducing your, um, uh, what your, now it is reducing your adjusted gross income. No, it's not it's reducing not, your adjusted gross income. It's not reducing income. your taxable, the above the line. Above yeah. the line would be things like your, your 401k deduction, your HSA contribution. Those Correct. are going to be up, up top. Yeah. Correct. So regardless of how much you do in charitable giving, regardless of how much mortgage interest you've paid, regardless of what medical expenses are, you may be able to write those off on your tax return to pay less in income taxes but it's not reducing your adjusted gross income, which is what your eligibility for things like a Roth IRA is based on. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Now, what if George or what if anyone makes too much for a Roth IRA, even if they're, say, maxing out a 401k? What are some other ways they can still get money into a Roth account? Yeah. So there's a few ways. You know, One is for, for George, if he's not fully utilizing that 22500 into his 401k, maybe he's putting some of the funds away pre-tax now. He could fill up the rest of that $22,500 bucket with a Roth contribution if his employer allows Roth contributions, and most do. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and the nice thing about that is, well, Roth, I already told you guys I'm making too much money. Well, that applies to Roth IRAs. It does not apply to Roth 401ks, which is one of the nice right. things. It does not matter what your income is. It could be 150000 It could be $150 million. You are still eligible for a Roth 401k. Granted, the higher your income becomes, the more and more a traditional 401k might become attractive just because it's saving you more money in taxes today, whereas a Roth doesn't save you anything in taxes today, but then of course it grows tax-free forever. But that option is available to you. Exactly. What if he doesn't have a Roth 401k or someone listening doesn't have a Roth 401k, they just have the traditional, their income's too high. Are there other ways of getting money into Roth IRAs? Yeah. Then if he doesn't have any other, um, if he doesn't have any other IRAs outside of the 401k, he could potentially look at doing what's called a non-deductible IRA contribution. So he could contribute his $6,000 to his IRA account. He wouldn't take the deduction on that. He wouldn't take a pre-tax deduction and write it off on his taxes. Um, he wouldn't be eligible for that more than likely anyway, just because of his income level um, and the participating in a plan. Um, but with that, he could then convert that $6,000 from an IRA account to a Roth IRA account. That'd be called a Roth conversion. And Roth conversions don't have income limits. So you can put away as much as you'd like. Yeah. Yeah. And before you do that, if you're listening, talk to a financial advisor, talk to your CPA, do a lot of research because there are a lot of details to the backdoor Roth conversion that could get you into a lot of trouble if you don't know yes. kind of how you're doing. And the main one, as Scott's mentioning, is if you have any other traditional IRAs or simple IRAs or SEP IRAs, those are going to somehow be factored into the calculation of what's taxable and what's not when you do the backdoor Roth. But mm-hmm. It just I think the, the point we want to make is even if you make too much money, you still do have the option of doing what's called a backdoor Roth contribution. There's just details that go along with that um, to make sure you get it right. Exactly. Then the, the last thing I would add is I love Roth IRAs and I, you love Roth IRAs. There's a lot of tax-free benefits to these accounts, mm-hmm. but we also can never make the mistake of looking at these as, as almost like the holy grail of everything we need to do is to maximize Roth accounts. They're, they're a wonderful tool, but it is easy to get caught up into the sense of I have to max, I have to max, I have to max it. Well, really, we have to look at what are we doing? What are our, what are our goals with what we want our life to look like? And then the Roth IRA is just a tool to help us get us there. So there are Absolutely. cases where maybe you don't do a Roth IRA, but um, we at least want to explore options of how can you get funds there regardless of income. Yes. And there's something to be said for having funds in a taxable account in a pre-tax IRA or 401k and then in Roth IRAs because it allows for more tax planning when you do come into retirement. There's different buckets to pull from to help optimize based on whatever the current tax regime is when you're in retirement. Yeah, exactly. So it's good to have a mix. It's good to look at Roth IRAs, of course, um, but don't ever look at a Roth or a 401k or anything as the be all end all as much as looking at it. Is this a tool that's going to help me get to my goal most effectively or most efficiently? And in many cases, it just so happens to be one of those wonderful tools. So Yes. Awesome. Well, anything else that you would add here to to answer George's question or any other context around Roth IRA, Scott? 
I think that's it for now, but thanks so much for the question, George. Please send them in. If you are finding value out of the things that we are chatting about here, please leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts so we can spread the word and help make uh, this great nation financially literate. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thanks, George. And we'll see you all next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a five-star review. And if you have a question that you'd like for us to answer in a future episode, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. And there'll be a section on the bottom of each page there where you can submit your question for Scott and I to answer on a future episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. It should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.